You're now listening to a Bingeful Brain podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending binge eating, overeating, and emotional eating through the inside-out understanding of your habits. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another podcast episode. Today we are going to talk about free will. Do you have free will? Are binge eating episodes your fault? Can you really blame yourself for yet another binge eating episode? And today I'm going to take more philosophical stance, so stay with me. And please remember that the problem of free will is an ongoing debate of Western philosophy, psychology, neuroscience. We still don't have the definite answer whether free will of humans exist. And in today's podcast episode, I want to give you two useful and simplified approaches. So I'm going to try to answer the question, do you really have free will? And this is important because uh, oftentimes you may blame yourself for your binge eating. But if you have free will, then of course it is easier for you to blame yourself. However, if there's a chance that you actually don't have free will, then maybe it's going to be slightly easier for you to let go of that blame and shame. But okay, let's get started. Do you really have free will? And I bet that in your head, you already had the answer. You probably said to yourself like, come on, Natalia, of course I do have free will. Every time I do have this desire for food, I have an urge to binge, I just make a conscious choice to follow it. Or maybe you do, you make like automatic choice to just follow it. You don't want to fight with the urge. However, you have to remember that this binge eating episode, it started with the thought. So thoughts create feelings, feelings drive actions. And this is the model that our life is based on. Usually we have thoughts, feelings. I would say that those are both sides of the same coin and our thoughts and feelings will drive our actions. And many people, they have a sense of freedom they have an illusion of freedom because they know that they can, in a way, choose their own thinking. So you don't have to believe that you are not good enough. You can believe otherwise. You don't have to believe that life is unfair. You can believe something different. You don't have to believe that you don't have control over food. You can start believing that you totally got that. You, you can just eat intuitively and you don't have to uh, struggle with food. So when you know that you can, in a way, influence your thoughts or you can just start believing different things, that gives you a sense of freedom. That gives you a sense of autonomy. And this is important, especially in extreme situations, because you may choose to do not dwell on your mistakes. You may choose uh, to think about neutral circumstances in the world in a different way, in a different light, and that can often help you. And here I would like to share with you a quote that I think uh, perfectly depicts what I'm trying to say. And the quote is, the last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitudes. So in a way, to a certain extent, you can choose your own thoughts. And as I said, thoughts will impact your behavior. So in a way, you can think that 
I, I do control my behavior because I can influence my own thoughts, beliefs, I can choose my own attitude. But also we have to remember that oftentimes attitudes are just the habitual thoughts, right? So uh, even though you may think that you believe certain thoughts, you probably believe in them just because you have been repeating them for a long time. So so even your thoughts, they are habitual thoughts. They are just patterns of your thinking. But anyways, from your perspective, it may seem that you have free will because you choose what to think. You choose the interpretation of, of the neutral circumstance. However, I would like to show you, I would like to get a little bit deeper and show you that maybe you don't really have that much freedom around your own thinking. So think about it. A thought appears in your mind and there are thousands of those thoughts. So do you control every thought that appears in your mind? It would be a full-time job to try to manage your own thinking. And usually the thoughts that appear in your mind, they are quite repetitive thoughts. Um, research says that most of our thoughts we have every day, those are just repetitive thoughts that we also had the day before or a couple of days before. And especially in case of binge eating or any other uh, eating disorder, notice that you do have those repetitive thoughts and from time to time they do play uh, in the background like a broken record all the same sentences like I deserve it I had a hard day I deserve to eat some ice cream you know <laughs> you know those sentences so uh, I don't have to come up with too many uh, examples and then when that thought appears in your mind you give it attention and also you attach a meaning to it and then from there a cascade of reaction usually leads to binge eating or other disordered eating behaviors. So the thing is that it all started, this whole cascade of reaction, it started because you innocently believed a lie, a lie that was in your brain that you deserve to have a pint of ice creams after the hard day at work or uh, from tomorrow you are not going to eat any sugar so today you have free pass to eat all the sugar that is available in your house. So you had that thought, your brain offered you that thought, your eating disorder offered you these kind of thoughts and you just decided to go for it. You you just paid attention to those thoughts, decided that they might be true, you attached a meaning to it, and maybe the, the meaning was like, oh, I'm a binge eater, so I have to I have to do it because this is an urge. Or, oh, wait, I do have those thoughts and I have to remember that I don't have control over food, so of course I'm going to end up uh, overeating. <laughs> so that, that thought popped up in your brain. But the question is, did you choose this particular thought to pop up in your brain? I don't think so. We don't have to say which thoughts have to come up in our mind. We really don't have that much control over electric impulses in your brain because those thoughts, they come up in your brain in, a, in like a split second. And you have to remember that brain learns through repetition. So if that thought appeared in your mind, thousands of times before and after that fall you had a certain feeling and that feeling drive a certain action then it is it is habitual thinking that leads 
to binge eating. So to break that binge eating habit cycle, you need to come up with a new way of thinking. You have to break this habitual thinking. You need more insightful uh, understanding. But first you need to understand that you have the ability to do not go with particular thoughts. So when that thought appears in your mind, um, that for example, um, yeah, let's say that your eating disorder offers you some fault and it promises you that, oh, after eating that one cookie, you are going to feel satisfied. You are going to feel better. So what you have to do is you have to stop buying into those faults. And it is easier said than done, but in a way, because you already have so many weird and unhelpful thoughts in your mind, but somehow it's easier for you to let go of them. Because I bet that you thought at some point that, oh my God, I would like to kill my partner because he left, I don't know, socks in the middle of the room. Or you would like to spunk your children because they are misbehaving. Or maybe you would like to send a nasty email to your, to your boss. And you know what? You just dismiss those thoughts. And that's why your brain stopped offering you those faults because the behavior didn't follow. So in this case, you didn't control what kind of thought popped up into your mind, but you had a control over whether you're going to buy into that thought, whether you're going to act on it or not. What I want you to, to understand is that maybe you don't have free will about what kind of thoughts come up into your mind, but you have a free want. Uh, You can choose to do not believe in certain thoughts. Maybe you don't have free will, but you have free want. So you have this free want and it means that you can refrain from an act. Yeah, you can just refrain from an act. (laughs) You can refrain from acting on those thoughts. Even neuroscientific research supports that idea that maybe we don't have free will, but we have free want. So now think about those thoughts about binge eating in your mind and ask yourself, is binge eating really your fault? I don't think so. All you did is you innocently believed and acted on a thought that you deemed to be true. Because in the moment you really thought that packet of of crisps, that is going to make you feel better that you deserve a reward. So you believed that thought that your mind, that your eating disorder offered you. You thought that it's true and you acted on that thought. But I don't think that it was your fault because you do not control your own thinking to the extent you you think you do. But you are still responsible. Even though binge eating is not your fault, you are still responsible. And I personally make a distinction between fault and responsibility. So if you binge eat, maybe you are responsible for believing a lie, but it's not your fault. Of course, you can take responsibility for your actions without blaming yourself, without uh, dwelling on that mistake. Just learn from it and move on. So now we've learned that you don't really have that much control over your own thinking. However, you can control your attention and you can control what kind of uh, thoughts you want to act on. And now let's go to the behavior. Do you have free will over your behavior? So I would say 
also not that much. Maybe again, you have uh, free want, but we have to remember that not all of our behavior is initiated by our conscious self. Activities, some activities are intentional, right? They require some practice actions that become unconscious. For example, if you play an instrument, right? First, intentionally, you learn something, uh, then you practice it a lot. And that now this, now you can um, practice this thing, maybe playing sport, maybe, maybe playing, playing violin or something like that. And you can perform that action without thinking too much about it. Let's go back to making decisions in general. So you believe that to make a decision, you need a conscious decision. But we have to remember that the conscious decisions are often impacted by unconscious processes. So consciously decided on something doesn't really mean that you fully were conscious about that because conscious content is often generated by unconscious activity. And if you would like to know more about it, just Google Libet experiment. So what he found out in his experiments, maybe the experiments weren't really about their free will. Uh, however, many people uh, make that interpretation that um, that those experiments were about free will and free want. Okay, coming back to, to what I wanted to say. So Libet found out that the unconscious brain activity is leading up to the conscious decision. What does it mean? That your brain first commits to a certain decision before you are even aware of having made that decision. And that delay is about half a second, right? So before you think that you've made a decision, there was already unconscious activity in your brain that led you to make that decision. However, you were not aware of that. So at least research suggests that our conscious self does not initiate all the behavior. Some behaviors are just driven by unconscious processes. So to sum up this part of this podcast episode, first of all, I don't think that you have control over your thoughts. You have partial control over your thoughts because you can control your attention. So when you don't attach too much meaning, when you stop paying attention to a certain thought, they will um, dissipate because um, what you pay attention to, it grows, right? So when you ignore or dismiss certain thoughts, therefore they are less important. Your brain notices that those thoughts are less important. The thoughts become less sticky and they can leave you faster. Uh, another thing that we found out from this part of the podcast episode is that you may not have free will, but you have free want. So it's easier. So you do not control whether you have an urge for how long you have that urge. However, you can control what you're going to do with it. And we also have learned that some conscious decisions are actually affected by unconscious processes. At the end, I just want to add up that even if free will maybe isn't that real, I think that for many people, it is crucial for them to keep believing that they have free will. <laughs> so you have to just experiment if that approach is useful for you. Because in my life, sometimes I believe that, you know, having a free will is a good thing for me and I like to exercise that, uh, that freedom I have. 
But sometimes I just prefer to think that, you know what, it was beyond me. I'm just an observer. And right now we are going to, to the second um, useful interpretation I wanted to make. So the second reason why you may not have free will is that you don't have free will because there is no self. <laughs> so again, I told you that we are going to take more philosophical stance. So there is no free will because there is no individual to have will. And this is something that many religions and Western philosophies believe in. So there is even a philosophical view of uh, determinism. And determinism says that all of the events are determined by factors that are outside our human will. And if I understand Buddhism correctly, I think that Buddha taught us that we are controlled by other forces, uh, by our by different attractions, aversions, by our conceptual thinking, but also mainly by the karma. So so there's nothing you can do about your life right now because if you would be an autonomous person, then you could do something. And only a self could be autonomous, but according to Buddhism, there is no self. Therefore, according to Buddhism, there is no autonomy. So your free will is just an illusion. We are all witnesses to what's happening. We believe that we are this independent actor who, uh, who has free will and who does whatever they want to do. However, this is just an illusion. We are acting out of the script. There is a pre-written script and there, is, there are also those uh, forces that are outside of, uh, of our control and they determine what we're going to do. So we are basically puppets of forces beyond our control. We can just watch our life, how it unfolds itself. We are the witness. And this approach can give you a lot of peace. I don't think that you're going to just, um, I don't know, give up on life thinking like, oh my God, I don't have any free will in my life, so I'm just going to give up. I think that this approach, I don't know, some somehow personally, it gives me more peace because I know that I'm free. I don't have to control myself. I don't have to control the universe. I'm just, I'm just going to enjoy my life, enjoy or experience just everything that unfolds in front of me. And this approach is also freeing because no, you know that there's nothing you can do because there's nothing you have to do. You, it's outside of your control. So you just can witness it, enjoy it, play, play your part, and that's it. There, so if there's no free will, you can just relax and enjoy the ride. I hope that today's podcast episode <laughs> was helpful for you. It it might have been very confusing because I've noticed that I do struggle to clearly communicate um, my perspective. So sorry about that. But I think that I pointed you to the right direction. And then you can do the research on your own, right? You can read more about those topics. So I think that... It's kind of a good thing that I cannot clearly communicate what I want to say because then I just point you to the to the direction and then you have to 
look for the answers yourself. Now you know that there is something like Libet experiment. Now you know that uh, maybe you won't have free will, maybe you have free want, or maybe there is no self. Maybe there is just one huge consciousness and our separateness is, is just an illusion, right? <laughs> so it is something that you can explore on your own. So I hope that I inspired you to look for your own answers. And I hope that this podcast episode was helpful for you and will help you in your eating disorder recovery journey. So play with both approaches, see what is what is the most helpful for you. Uh, I said that before, but I'm, I'm trying to play with both of them. Sometimes I want to believe that I do have free will. Sometimes I want to believe that, um, you know, those processes are outside of my control. And sometimes I just want to believe that there is no self. I don't have free will because there is no self. I'm just, I'm just piece of bigger puzzle. We are all uh, connected and yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I already um, confused you too much. So thank you so much for listening and see you in my next podcast episode. Bye. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Binge Pro Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your coaching application for my Binge Pro Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day. Bye.